1: Welcome to the Roto-Wire DFS MLB Podcast, Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Brunon. I'm joined once again by John McEchnie. And we love talking baseball in this time slot, especially when it comes to stuff that isn't really top of mind when it comes to game day analysis and FanDuel picks. But John, first off, we're both recovering from the unveiling of one scooter, Jeanette. Your thoughts on that performance. But before I le- give it to you, I got to tell you that I was, uh, I was, uh, ridiculed a little bit when i picked this guy in my fantasy leagues last year i guess i was a year too early
2: no yeah you should yeah you clearly uh you had the scoop on scooter long before anyone else did and long before he was even a member of the reds taking uh brandon phillips's number but yeah i think uh you know this is one of those mornings where i got, I got like a wet towel on my head i'm just trying i'm like all <laughs> delirious with fever off off the scooter fever that was just uh you know, that was the Philip Humber perfect game of, of <laughs> okay. batting performances. Yep. I mean, I've, I cannot believe that he did that. And, uh, Darren Willman who kind of runs the, uh, the stat cast over at baseball savant for MLB, uh, he tweeted out a picture with the graphics of all four of his home runs. And I saw someone it's a, it's like a, also kind of a sports personality, like quote tweet it and was like, Oh wow. It looks like one of those swings must've been horrible. It's like Uh, the guy just hit four home runs, uh, (laughs) with 10 RBI and 17 total bases, like, uh, Go Just go away. Like, go about go a fly string? a kite, pal. Hey, man, it goes over the <laughs>
1: fence. I don't care how he does Yeah, it. <laughs> Yeah.
2: There have been plenty of ugly, ugly swings that have gotten out uh, in Great American Ballpark before. So it's not like Scooter's the only guy that's ever benefited from that. So good for Scooter. Good for, good for DFS. I mean, I didn't think we'd ever see anyone top a Rendon from earlier in the season but uh here we are
1: i wonder what the uh, buy rate is on him in terms of free agency pools and season-long play as well after such an outing but i mean uh, people
2: are going to be chasing waterfalls it's it's it, don't expect anything of of the like the rest of the way from scooter Jeanette. i like scooter Jeanette the player but i mean good lord nothing like this the rest of the way
1: do you think maybe he swapped unis with uh, joey Votto? maybe that was it
2: that that might have been it actually <laughs> i think i think you're onto something there we're going to need to get an investigation going
1: right after the uh, stuff that's going on wa- in washington clears up maybe that's their next uh... <laughs>
2: Uh, that might be a while.
1: Yeah, it could be. That's true. <laughs> anyway, John, I'm happy to be back with you after yep. moon, moonlighting last week on, uh, on an MLB assignment last Wednesday. During the day, uh, I was at the ballpark watching the Jays and uh, in one of my gigs. I hold down other gigs other than this podcast thing, which I love. Uh, but this was the new game timing agenda, which is intended to keep pace of the game moving along on the Major League uh, Stage and and one of the jobs that I do is taking the thirty second timer between at bats and the two, two minutes and five seconds between half innings, and that's supposed to be enforced pretty stringently. But I, I can tell you that. Uh, a lot of, A lot of teams, a lot of players still go offside and i 'm not sure that game times are getting too much shorter with the introduction of this initiative. I think we 're going to soon see a pitch clock though in addition to all this that maybe makes things a little bit more significant in terms of the progress being made in time of game. I think that pitch clock will be the key to to really shortening things and and I talked to you before we went off to the air john this is this is intended to to keep the your buddies and and your uh, your guys in the under thirty gang uh, age bracket uh, engage in in baseball, not that you need it, but maybe some of the guys that you know who are less into the sport maybe they could be attracted if if things speed up right
2: I, I think you, you know they're onto something i think the the pace of play conundrum is is you know one of the one of the bigger problems facing baseball because frankly uh, you know sitting down to something that 's four hours with with stoppages you know after every single play as opposed to I don't know. I, I think that college football games last too long. They, they've lately been dragging into that four hour window. Yeah. And we we see the, these these games regularly, you know, it, at best, they're going to be a little bit over three hours, it feels like, for baseball. So to see it speed up a little bit uh, would really be great. You know, last night, for instance, I was watching the Dodgers against the Nationals. And Pedro Baez uh, just really takes his sweet old time. Like it, maybe he's one of the bigger culprits of the pace of play problem here. But it seems like uh, every time that he gets out on the mound in, in like the eighth inning for the Dodgers, that inning, regardless of really what's going on on the base paths, is going to take a lot longer than it really should. So I, I'd like to see the MLB kind of uh, prod things in the direction to where things are just a little bit snappier out there. I understand the need for pitchers to be in their comfort level, but at a certain point it feels excessive. Um, So I'd like to see the game speed up as well. I think that's uh, something that needs to be tackled by all of baseball.
1: Well, you know what? I'm conflicted because I get paid by the hour doing this gig. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I like the fact that they're going to hurry things along, but maybe they'll up the ante for us when when we do get uh, (laughs) some, some good numbers down in terms of reduction of time of game. In any case, it's something that I'm going to keep an eye on, and I'll report back to you from time to time on any progress that we see with the numbers that we're fed from the commissioner's office. Because this is a big initiative, and when it comes from the commissioner's office, you know that MLB is taking this seriously. So I right. hope they get it right in the end of, end of days, and I'll sacrifice my salary if it means that uh, more people are watching. John, that's big of me, isn't it? I think. Uh,
2: oh, I mean, you're, you're as magnanimous as they come. That's it, my Thinking friend.
1: <laughs> well, before. Before we get into our breakdown of top fan duel picks for tonight's game i want to remind our listeners that they can follow me paul bruno at statsman 22 and you can follow john at johnny McEx. as i as he alluded he's uh, not only a guru in baseball he's been on fire with the FanDuel picks this year all all season long but he knows college basketball like nobody that i know and so uh, kudos to you john for being shit Uh, more than just a one-trick pony and and uh, (laughs) I think you're going to go far with with the range of abilities that you've shown uh, not only in this uh, in this uh, forum but in others on on thanks Paul anyway let's get through the matchups a quick preview of projected starters my friend Uh, why don't you take us through the first games that start from seven o'clock on we got uh, a real marquee matchup right off the top
2: all right, so moving past our afternoon slate here, kicking us off for the night. We got a 12-game slate going. We got the Red Sox with Rick Porcello defending AL Cy Young champion off to a rocky start, uh, going up to Yankee Stadium to face uh, the Yankees and CC Sabathia uh, carries a 4-1-2 ERA into this matchup. Yankees slight home favorites at minus 120 over under there is a 9 and a half. that's a 705 start. Moving down to Baltimore, we got the Pirates with Chad Cool in an interleague matchup. At Camden Yards against the Orioles and Wade Miley. Wade Miley a 282 ERA versus Chad Cool a 602 ERA. Mm -hmm. Orioles minus 146 favorites. The over-under there is at nine flat. Uh, Moving out to Tampa Bay, uh, we have the White Sox and Mike Pelfrey. uh, Two and four at the three eight six ERA. At the Rays here, we got Jacob Faria making his major league debut. He's been absolutely mowing people down in the minors, and he's certainly earned this call up here. Uh, so the Rays actually are sitting at a minus 161 favorite with a relatively low implied over under of 8.5. Uh, it starts at 7.10. And we're going to move to Detroit. We got the Angels with Alex Meyer, 2-2 two and two ERA with a 4.91 ERA at Detroit, going against Buck Farmer. Uh, who has made just one start on the year to this point, but it was uh, a shutout performance. Uh, not all nine innings, but uh, uh, no earned runs allowed. Uh, and that allows the Tigers to be minus 130 favorites here with a high over under of 10, uh, 10 flat. That's a 7 10 Eastern start. And we have the Cardinals with Lance Lynn looking to kind of get the Cardinals back on track among their recent losing skid. They are slight road favorites here, minus 129 against Cincinnati with. Mr. Bronson Arroyo, one of our favorite guys to uh, talk about for FanDuel purposes, um, not necessarily for his prowess. Uh, and he has a 6 4 ERA. That's a 7-10 start. And then moving us uh, down to Atlanta for our final of this window, uh, the Phillies with Jared Ikoff, 0-6 with a 5-1-3 ERA at Atlanta against Mike Fultonevich. It's a He's 3-5 with a 3-9-0 ERA. Braves slight home favorites minus one thirty three with a 9.0 over under total.
1: And we get into the later slate with the Mets throwing Zach Wheeler against Texas and you Darvish uh, down in uh, the Southern State. Uh, Darvish a five and four uh, record with a three one three ERA. The Rangers, despite their offensive struggles, are a minus one fifty four on the money line and the over under set at nine and a half so we're expecting some runs to be scored in that game i guess and uh, marlins with jose arena a three and two record of 380 era against chicago cubs john lackey who's been knocked around pretty good in the last little while a four and five record of 490 era despite that the cubbies are favored a minus 205 and the over under set at nine for that eight o'clock start then the giants throw tie blatch a four and two mark with a 324 era against uh, milwaukee and jimmy nelson this is one of the better pitching matchups on the night nelson three and three with a 336 era he's been striking out uh better than one batter an inning over his last six starts and his team is favored a minus 125 with a nine over under for that 8 10 start then uh, rounding us out there's three games a little bit later on uh, dallas keichel nine and oh one sixty seven 167 era lights out so far this year And no wonder Houston is favored. Minus 171. Uh, They lost a game finally last night. Maybe they're going to start another. Yeah, they melted down a little bit, too,
2: actually, which is shocking.
1: That's right. And they get uh, Jason Vargas tonight. He has had a good year, too, for the Royals. Seven and three, a 208 ERA. So that's another marquee matchup pitching-wise. And we round it out with uh, Louis Perdomo and the Padres going into Arizona uh, against one of the, the the good stories this year is the re- resurgence of the Diamondbacks. Granke on mm-hmm. the mound for them, a seven and three mark with a 3.06 ERA. The home side is favored, a minus 190 with an eight and a half on the over/under for that 9:40 start. And then the final game on the schedule, Alberto Mejia with a one and one mark a 395 ERA against Giovanni Gallardo a two two and six record of 624 ERA another guy that we like to knock around just like opposing hitters have most of the season Gallardo and the home side is favored tonight uh minus 110 uh nine and a half is the over under there all right, John, uh, let's get into it, beginning with our look at our starting pitchers. Uh, let's take a look at the top end of the FanDuel board, where we see Keichel and Granke as the only two starters over the $10,000 mark. I'd like to ask you, just to get us uh, our feet wet in, in FanDuel talk, are you playing or fav- f- fading these two marquee pitchers tonight?
2: Um, I think that there are enough... Uh bad pitchers on the, on the bottom part of, of, you know, the, the spectrum of pitchers tonight to where you can comfortably pay up for a guy like Granke or a guy like Keuchel and then load up with some cheaper bats that have really, really favorable matchups here. I think there are enough, uh, sort of minus pitchers going, uh, to where you can, you can pretty comfortably get, get a guy like Granke, um, against the Padres, uh, Derek Van Riper and I were just talking about him uh, on the radio. We were talking about how Granke is probably like the, the chalk play of the day. So if you're playing cash, you want to kind of build your lineups around Grinke, Uh Facing a Padres team that's 29th and weighted on base as a team against right-handed pitching. Uh, third in terms of uh, K rate at 25%. Uh, so, I mean, they're striking out a fourth of the time that they're at bat against righties. Greinke has just one start on with less than six strikeouts or, or less than six and two-thirds over his last, uh, six starts actually. And he's got 52 strikeouts in that span. That's a span of 42 and two thirds innings. So Granky just makes a ton of sense. I think Keuchel has recaptured his, um, Cy Young form as well. So, I mean, he's, he's a little bit more expensive. He's closer to 11,000 uh, than Granky is, but I mean, he get, draws a matchup against a pretty anemic, uh, Kansas city lineup in a, in a nice pitchers ballpark. So I couldn't blame you for using either of those guys tonight, but I give the slight lean to Grinky.
1: Yeah, I I love the fact that if you can fit either one in, in, you can make a really strong case for them tonight. But I'm going to make just as strong a case for the guys in the next tier, John, before handing it back to you and your thoughts on the guys that take us down to the $8,500 range. I look at you, Darvish. He's only got two wins in his last six starts, giving up a 125 whip over that span. So to me, not the most attractive in this group. Porcello, for his part, been really knocked around. 48 hits over his last six starts, covering only 31 innings. And he's facing that tough Yankees lineup. So again, I say no thanks. And speaking of which, uh, John Lackey already alluded to the fact that he's been knocked around as well with a 148 whip in his last six starts. So I'll pass on him. Then I get to an interesting matchup where I find the the guy that I'm going to lean on. But his opposite number is Blatch with five straight quality starts. That's with four wins included. But to me, his strikeout strikeout rate's a little bit low uh, in terms of what I want to get paid off. Uh, I want to look for the guy who can deliver the whole package so I'm not going to pick a guy who's only struck out 18 batters in his last 37 innings for me it's his opposing starter Jimmy Nelson who gets my nod nod because of his strikeout rate way up with over with 40 over his last five starts covering 31 and two-thirds innings pitched and four quality starts I'm taking Milwaukee in that game and uh, and uh, Nelson will be my starter of choice tonight John what say you about the guys in this range including some of the notes that I've mentioned
2: Uh, I think I'm totally with you on Ty Block. Uh, Block's a guy that I I have a lot of exposure to in my season longs, but uh, for Daly, he doesn't have really that upside. I think last Friday when he started and got the complete game shutout against the Phillies, it's probably the best uh, that we're going to see out of him all year. Um, He's a guy that is going to be on the road again facing a Milwaukee lineup that is uh, leaps and bounds better. Uh, than than what the Phillies were were throwing out there, so I think that Block uh, could run into some trouble tonight. I think that this might be a bit of a rocky start for him. And on the other side of that coin, I think that Jimmy Nelson, uh, you know, he's one of the several uh, Brewers pieces of the rotation that have really kind of uh, come on strong lately and been one, you know, kind of leading the charge as to why the Brewers somehow are in in charge of the uh, NL Central right now. I think that's one of the less talked about big surprises to this point in the season. Um, but moving down to that, to that next tier of pitchers, you know, from 8,300 yeah. uh, down a little bit to the mid 7,000s, you got a guy in Zach Wheeler, you got to love this stuff, but um, he's on the road at Texas. So, you know, he, he doesn't get the benefit of facing an opposing pitcher. He's going to get a pretty loaded lineup, although it might be uh, Sands, Adrian Beltre, it looked like he uh, injured his ankle on Tuesday night. Sabathia, he's a guy that has been a lot better this season than than in years past. But, you know, do you really trust him in Yankee Stadium against a Boston lineup that's starting to uh, to get heated up? Jason Vargas another guy's been a really pleasant surprise to this point in the season one of the higher uh, FanDuel points per game among starters on the board tonight but uh, do you trust throwing anyone out against Houston at this at this point I certainly don't uh, Lance Lynn we saw where the how the ball's flying out of Great American Ballpark right now I think that Lynn has been you know pretty strong to this point in the season but that that Reds lineup for how For how bad they are uh, reflected in the record, Uh, that offense is still extremely potent, so I'd be worried about using a guy like Lynn. And then Wade Miley, who... Uh, you kind of have to hold your nose if you if you want to use him in a lineup, but uh, he's a guy that at home this year, uh, he's got a 101 ERA, a whip that, that suggests that it's been a little bit lucky. It's a one, two, eight whip, uh, 19 strikeouts, 15 walks over uh, 26 and two thirds innings pitched at home. So he's been able to limit the damage really is is sort of what I'm getting at and go relatively deep. Uh, into his starts, and he's going to be opposed by Chad Cool, and I think the Orioles should be able to get to Chad Cool a little bit. So you like Miley's uh, win probability a little bit there. Um, so that that's sort of how I'm viewing this mid tier. I'd I'd say that Wiley's pro- or Miley is probably my choice of these like 8,300 uh, down to the mid 7,000s.
1: I echo that sentiment. I I feel just about as good with the Lance Lynn situation too, just because I think St. Louis is due for a victory. Bronson Arroyo, his opposite number, has been shelled so far this season, mm-hmm. giving the win probability uh, to Lynn uh, big time in this situation Uh, I think St. Louis is just too good a team to continue this slump and Lynn has been a lot more consistent than his opposite number so I'm I'm basing the win probability high on St. Louis's favor, and that's why I lean in this range uh, heavily on Lance Lynn over all of the guys uh, in uh, in that range that we spoke of are there any guys worth a shot in the dark for you uh, below this threshold or do we kind of flush them and and, uh, look above this this grouping uh john
2: if if you want to uh just be completely crazy and really really load up on your bats um i would say the buck farmer route isn't as crazy as you might think because i mean he's checking in at uh boy like 5500 so i mean that that's basically uh, like what you can get like a super expensive bryce harper at cores or something but he's your starting pitcher um He has one start under his belt this year. He he pretty much dominated the White Sox, 11 strikeouts over six and a third innings. Uh, Goes against a really punchless um, Angels lineup that is, you know, missing Mike Trout. And I think that that the lineup sort of collapses uh, without him. So uh, it's a complete GPP play. But I think that, you know, Farmer and like the lack of a book on him that the Angels will likely have based on what he's, uh, you know, produced this year at the major league level makes him someone to to maybe worth considering you know if you're making like your third or your fourth lineup and you you're not sure how to attack it
1: yeah and i'll say maybe throw a go off, uh, throw a flyer uh, mike pelfrey's way because despite what you said about the Tampa rookie making his debut, it is his major league debut. And I've seen a lot of guys get lit up first time out. And so uh, he's facing the pros this time around. And, and mm-hmm. one of the jitters get to him a little bit at home. And maybe that's why uh, Palfrey and, and the White Sox might recede for the win. If if the jitters do get to the Tampa starter, that's that's just a far and away uh, outlier play for me too. Uh, I, I think the, the stronger plays are up, up the board. We've covered the, the names that I'm going to go with. I'm curious to see who you unveil as you or later but we'll save that as a bit of a surprise John and before we go on with the rest of the program we also want to remind our, fa- our uh, friends that and listeners that FanDuel's back and better than ever as you know if you've played it by now uh, on the baseball scene there's fantasy baseball for everyday fans new contests starting every day no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and compete against each other and uh, new this year they've upgraded the experience there's late swap contests and I love the fact that you can edit your players right up to the start of their individual games there's no more worrying about a late lineup scratch with which burned me a few times last year and non-late swap contests john are are available too they've updated upgraded the scoring where pitchers are much more valuable in that you can control their own performance and give them the benefit of the quality start Uh, i think it's a four point bonus if they get the four uh, the quality start and they have friends modes which uh, allow us to create a league for our friends choose the days you play each week contest contests will be created automatically plus there's a leaderboard where you keep track of how you all stack up against each other john i know you've been on fire this year so i'm going to let you take the floor for a second tell me what it is that you owe your success to so far this season
2: well you know you 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 know it's sort of probably like like your experience with with uh dfs hockey where um if your goalie comes out and it is bad and that that's pretty much the end of your night so i've i've had a, a relatively good run of picking uh, the right mid-tier pitchers on the right night to to fit uh, some of the bigger bats in, or, or in some nights, you know, you feel more comfortable uh, just rolling with with an ace, and then just tra- you know trusting your process as far as what you're seeing uh, with the bats there. So I mean, uh, it's always good to look at park factors. It's always look to good to look at uh, who the opposing pitcher is. Uh, do they uh, allow home runs to a certain-handed uh, hitter more often than not? Um, So, you know, there's just a there's a a ton of ways to to really kind of attack your FanDuel lineup on a given day. I think it really changes every day. I don't think that you can go in with one concrete process and use it over the course of an entire season and be successful. You have to be flexible. You have to kind of read the temperature of the room, see how things are going recently. And in addition to, you know, a player's uh, general pedigree. So there's a lot of ways to attack it, like I said. So just be flexible and always be paying attention to to you know certain developments.
1: I'm going to say pay attention to what John says because he's on fire. <laughs> Great going, buddy. Have, all right. I want to remind our listeners, have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. At FanDuel, you can be sports rich. Sign up today and go to fanduel.com slash rw. There's a special offer for new users deposit today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's fanduel.com slash rw. All right, partner, let's get into our position by position picks, starting with the catcher's top duo, which features the familiar name of Buster Posey and, of course, the Yankees Sanchez above the rest of the field at $3,600 and thir- 30- $3,900 and $3,600, respectively, I should say.
2: Right. And, you know, for for 3900 you know, Buster Posey... You got to love the average, but 16 RBI, only seven home runs. I'm not paying close to four thousand dollars for from the, for that period. I'm I'm sorry. Like as good of a of a real player, Buster Posey is. I don't particularly love him uh, for daily purposes. Gary Sanchez, uh, cheaper with a ton more pop upside, and he's facing a right hander and Rick Porcello, who's been uh, certainly been hittable this year. It's in Yankee Stadium. Sanchez. Has kind of started to get things really turned around since coming off the DL. Starting to look like that Gary Sanchez that we saw uh, in that sort of Bronx Bombers resurgence late last season. So I, I like Sanchez's chances. If you have the money, uh, I personally won't because I, I'm going to be going with a more expensive pitcher. But uh, certainly, uh, if you go for a cheaper pitcher, then you can and you can afford the luxury of a guy like Gary Sanchez. Then, then I say go for it because he's probably my favorite among the guys that are three thousand and above.
1: All right, let's take a look at the rest of that range then. John, taking us down from 3,200 to 3,000. There's about six or seven names in there, including a couple of guys with injury notes. Wellington Castillo is on DL with a groin injury. And Francisco... You got
2: Caleb Joseph if you remember that from last yes, year yes absolutely not, not fun
1: no no that's not fun and uh, it's one of those replays that if you see it man oh man you're gonna laugh but if it happens to you, you you're also gonna... cringe too though <laughs> oh i can't stop my wife always knows if i'm laughing my ass off at the highlights she knows exactly what happened yep yep <laughs> and francisco cervelli is day-to-day with a head injury too so a couple of guys who would normally be in this discussion at this point will be in fact on the sidelines. But There are other options I'm intrigued by Evan Gaddis in this range John uh, thinking that he's a guy that should get a look tonight he's a masher against lefty starters and he gets Jason Vargas tonight I know he's been on fire so far this season but that Houston lineup will get back on on the horse uh, after their blip last night I think and Gaddis will be central to the success that I expect for them this evening what about you in this range Who who else do you like
2: um, I, I do like Gaddis's upside uh, more more so than some of these other guys that, that we have out here. Um I don't I don't see why Jason Castor is priced above some of these guys. I know he's been producing a little bit better of late, but um you know, a guy like Alex Avila, uh who's just been uh really, really consistent, just a very you know, sort of what you what you want to use in in a fan duel uh for your catcher in in general is because he he just puts together quality at bats. He gives you that that high floor. You you feel pretty comfortable that even if he doesn't have a great night, he can give you those you know maybe nine points or so, or maybe you know scratch scratch a run across or, or drive someone in. It looks like that Detroit lineup is starting to kind of get itself together a little bit. So uh, they're going against a guy in Alex Meyer who can be hit hard uh, in the in the right circumstances. So I think Avila. Uh, He hits in the right part of that lineup to where uh, he could definitely be a valuable asset to your lineup at 3,000.
1: John, this is a funny looking board to me. When I looked at it uh, last night and again this morning, I thought, boy, it it looks like they took uh, cut and paste, and they moved some guys down that I shot, thought should be s- uh, above some of the guys you just mentioned. I see real good options below $3,000, and I'll give you three names that I'm looking at, and I might do a, a couple of coin flips to settle my choice, but I'll include JT Realmuto, Sal Perez, and Yadi Molina, who's picked up his game of late. All three have uh, one or two factors really going for them tonight that I really could make a case for, but uh, I'm curious to hear what you think about these three guys and others in this lower range.
2: Yeah, I think we we have a very similar read on how this catcher board is shaken out tonight. I think uh, the obvious, you know, just it screams out, you know, like the obvious choices are are among this this, uh, grouping of three here with Real Muto, uh, Perez and Molina. Um, I think Real Muto, I wish that uh, it wasn't out at Wrigley. Um, I I do like the matchup against Lackey, but, you know, I I just worry about, you know, some sort of uh, less than ideal weather in Chicago, maybe like having the wind blow in and take away some of that home run probability, uh, Sal Perez going against Keuchel. That's just tough. So I give the lean to Molina out of the three of these. Uh, just, I, I really like, uh, anytime I, I can get exposure, uh, against Bronson Arroyo at G- great American ballpark. I think that uh, that's something that I'll be targeting. Uh, Mike Zanino is a guy I've talked about a lot of late. Uh, he's a guy is at 2,800, but, uh, his batting average has improved mightily since he got uh, called back up to the bigs. So he's looking like a guy that, that should stick around, probably won't have to get, uh, demoted again, like, you know, as he did last year. Um, but beneath that, it's a little bit tougher to, to parse out a favorite. I mean, we always come back to a guy like Jonathan Lucroy, but at what point, you know, after two, two plus months into the season, and we're still seeing him kind of struggle, uh, to scratch runs across, uh, do you really feel like, uh ooh, is this the night do you keep falling for that over and over again at 2700 i i'm just i'm gonna stay away from that
1: yeah no question i think rather than bet on him and and uh, the strange season that he's had so far i feel much more confident just paying up two hundred dollars and still saving money in this category with the three guys that that i mentioned and that you highlighted as well so i think we're we're zeroing in on the real value in this range and it allows us to spend money elsewhere and boy you have an opportunity at first base with five guys that even the casual baseball fan knows uh, when you talk about goldschmidt rizzo vado cabrera and davis they're all over the four thousand mark and uh you don't need to say much about all, any of them, really, other than they're all quality sluggers. Uh, which one, if any, do you lean on in this range, John, and why?
2: Uh, I do tend to to just kind of give the general lean to to Goldschmidt. I know he's he's the most expensive of this bunch at forty five hundred, but in Arizona, uh, it's worth it um, again, against a guy in Perdomo, who uh, I think uh, is far from. Uh, being able to overmatch Goldschmidt with, with anything that he's bringing to the plate. So I think that he makes the most sense. I, I think that Chris Davis at $4,000, i am not quite ready to pay that uh, for him for what he's been uh, bringing to the table thus far. Although, you know, he obviously always does have that power upside. I do like Votto at home too. So Va- Votto at 4100 and... Goldschmidt at forty five hundred, I'd say, would be my two. If you're if you're paying uh, way up top of the board for your first baseman,
1: yeah, I'm I'm staying with the top guy on the board, Paul Goldschmidt, having an amazing season, and and that matchup just screams out. Uh, above all the rest for me uh, i find a little bit of a chink in the armor of each of the other guys whether it's a low batting average or contact rate that's not where i like it to be uh, goldschmidt certainly uh, ranks above all all the peers in this group for me and, and is the easy pick i'll say uh, of this five pack but if you want to save a little bit of money here there's ample opportunity with some other big names uh, in the 35 and up range up to will from will myers down to let's say uh, let's include Joey Gallo in there uh, of course Justin Bauer also at $3,500 but he on the DL with an ankle injury so we'll pass on him that leaves four names to talk about here
2: um well you you're never gonna gonna use Brandon Bell for daily purposes pretty much I mean he's a he's a first baseman but he has almost no pop-up side it feels like so uh, even in, a, in even in great American ballpark uh, I don't like his odds there when you can go ahead and and get logan morrison uh for 3500 against mike pelfrey um you know you're getting a piece of that raised lineup in the in the top third of it i think he's usually hit or he's usually hitting three or four depending on the day um so you know he's a guy that makes a ton of sense to me 16 home runs 37 rbi already uh left-handed bat going against a righty in in mike pelfrey that uh you know he's got a, a sub four era i don't know how long uh, that's going to be the case. Um, Maurer draws a draws a good matchup against um, Gallardo, but I, I just think that Morrison Morrison or Gallo, just for for tournament, you know, upside appeal, uh, they make the most sense to me. I, I could definitely see uh, justifying Joey Gallo. Yeah, in your lineup against a guy like Zach Wheeler who can give up the long ball, especially in, in a hitter's ballpark like that.
1: Yeah, I like your focus there, John. Morrison and Gallo definitely have more pop in their bat. Maurer, although he's had a couple of four-hit games and a couple of other uh, multi-hit efforts in his last eight starts, just doesn't deliver the pop. I know some people think, oh, Joe Maurer thinks it's 2008 again. But uh, you know you want to get power uh, out of out of this spot, and that's why your lean to Morrison and Gallo certainly makes sense to me if you're going to go into this grouping. I agree with you completely. What about any other? Uh, let's call them value plays, thirty four hundred and down here. Uh, certainly, a guy that I'm going to lean on maybe is uh, Abreu. I talked about the matchup against the uh, major league debut uh, in Tampa, so I-, I think a veteran guy like Abreu could take this kid to task and, and sure. make him pay. And so, at thirty three hundred dollars. If, if i'm going to take a flyer down here it might be with that guy hanley ramirez also a, a guy who likes the big stage and and has had some success big time success against lefties he gets sabathia tonight sabathia has had a, a bit of a rebound type year but certainly a guy who who uh, can give up the long ball. And another guy who I really, really like big time and might find his way into my line, lineup is Danny Valencia for Seattle. This guy absolutely mashes lefties, and he gets one tonight on the mound in uh, Adelberto Meia. I love saying that name. <laughs> but, you well. But thank you. It's, it's the uh, Romantic Romance Languages, uh, and you know that's part of my background too. So anyway, mm-hmm. those are some of the names that I like in this range. Uh, speak to them or any others that make sense to you, my friend.
2: Uh, let's see. I think Yuli Gurriel. You know that that would be theoretically a cheap way of going after uh, that that Astros lineup. But he he's pretty bad against left-handed pitching, so I'm probably staying away from him, even if he is in the lineup. Eric Thames um, on on sort of the other side of the coin, where he is facing a lefty as a left-handed hitter. His numbers actually aren't really all that bad. You know, especially when you consider. Uh, the other sort of power hitting left-handed first base options and how they do against Southpaw's Thames has fared uh, pretty well to this point in the season. So I wouldn't shy away from using him at just 3000 against a guy in tie block that I think he can should be able to square up pretty well. So I like Tames and I like Matt Carpenter at 3000. I'm probably not going to try to go any deeper down the board. I usually like to pay up at least a little bit as far as first base goes. Uh, if you really want to go uh, bargain hunting. I suppose Matt Adams would be acceptable, uh, 2,700, but, uh, Thames and Carpenter lowest. I'm going to go. Um, I think both of them have good matchups and good ballparks. So, uh, that that's the way I would go if I don't go the Morrison
1: route. Excellent read. Let's switch it over to the second base situation, and we see Jose Altuve at the top of the board here for Houston, and he gets the favorable matchup against a lefty starter, and and that to me is a great opportunity. Despite the fact it is Jason Vargas, I think he uh, he could take the L tonight in a big way with uh, Houston looking to rebound and Altuve leading the charge uh, at thirty eight hundred dollars. You could get good value out of him tonight. He's hitting well, and at the top of a very potent order that that is. Uh, i think the best team in the major leagues right now yes so uh if you're gonna pay up this might be an opportunity to do so if not though i i I ask you john uh the next grouping from 3500 down to 31 let's take a look at that group and tell me what you think of these guys
2: uh let's see you have guys like cano uh coming off a home run night scope coming off of two home runs including uh you know, a a really clutch one, uh, Tuesday night to kind of, uh, help the Orioles claw back against the pirates. Uh, Brian Dozier kind of jumps out to me at just, uh, 3,400, uh, that, you know, whereas he's, uh, only a hundred dollars more expensive than a guy like Yulmer, uh, Sanchez of the, of the white Sox. So, uh, Dozier against Gallardo in Seattle, which, you know, as I've been saying on, on podcasts throughout the year, it's not the pitcher's park that, that some people make it out to be. The ball can fly out there. Um, so don't be completely averse to using a guy just because he's uh, playing out in Safeco. Uh, moving down the board, you got Schimpf going against a buzzsaw and Zach Granky. It's going to be tough to justify using him. Uh, Ruggie Odor. Um, he's also a little bit tough to justify right now with how he he's been going. He's sort of Lucroyish, and you know, sort of the rest of the way the Rangers have been to this point in the season. But he does draw a, a favorable matchup against Wheeler. Um, but I, I I think on the other side of of that game, uh, second base wise, I think Neil Walker at thirty one hundred presents a nice value, and I don't think he's going to be particularly highly owned against a guy like you darvish so he's coming off a home run night i think neil walker could uh, make some sense there for you at 3100
1: i love that call and i love the call on dozier i agree with the names that you mentioned uh, cano even though he's priced at 3500 gets a lefty on lefty matchup which to, to me reduces his value a little bit sure. so i uh, wanted to point that out as well uh, but cool. i agree i agree with the other sta- statements that you made in this grouping what about if we go down below the 3000 mark are there some value plays here i know there's a couple of names and uh, i'll mentioned Cesar Hernandez I like this guy you know that at three thousand dollars he's he's a multi-hit machine on on any given night with some speed Starling Castro part of that potent Yankee lineup against the the Red Sox and Porcello who does he's been knocked around a lot and uh, I could see Castro in the middle of a big night for the Yankees against uh, against the Boston starter those are two names that I like in this range are there any others or do you what do you think of the two that I mentioned in, in fact
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm pretty surprised, frankly, that, that Castro is down under 2,900, especially when he's not going against a guy like Chris Sale or, or David Price. It's, it's Rick Porcello. That's a lot different. Um, so I think that he's one, he's one of the more, uh, standout values among second basemen. Um, Let's see, Cesar Hernandez. I think there's just going to be some sneaky value in that Philly Atlanta game. I think both people kind of hold their noses when using bats from both of these game or from both of these teams, but it might be one of those nights where where you know uh, the w- one of the winning uh, lineups in a tournament uh, does feature several bats from these teams. Um, Brad Miller, I just really like the Tampa offense tonight. Uh, I'm just not going to be shy about it. I think that uh, they're they're a team that's constructed to yes, they strike out a lot. Brad Miller certainly strikes out a lot, but uh, they also hit for a lot of power. And I, I just don't think that Pelfrey is going to be able to sustain uh, the the clip he's been going at for much longer. So I, I'm going to try to get as many Tampa bats as I can in play here.
1: John, just as we did at first base, I'm going to give you the first five guys to think about on the third base side of things. We got Miguel Sano, who's finally looking like uh, the player that we all thought he would be out of his draft mm-hmm. year. Chris Bryant needs no introduction for the Cubbies. Jake Lamb having a fabulous year for Arizona. Manny Machado, the signature player in my mind for your Orioles. And then Eduardo Nunez creeps into this group at $3,700, the third baseman for the Giants. What say you about their matchups tonight? And would you recommend one over the rest of this pack?
2: Uh, I'm a big Sano guy right now. I think if you if you could uh, find a way to go with the Sano... Dozier stack i think that makes a ton of sense to me i think they hit close enough to each other in the lineup on on a daily basis to where uh they make some sense and you know you're loading up against uh, a guy in gallardo obviously you kind of wish that you could get more of the left-handed uh power uh in safeco but uh, i don't think that Sano. uh if you doubt his power (laughs) yeah then you know enjoy you know have fun uh looking like a fool so uh beyond that uh, a guy like jake lamb uh, he's a guy that I always uh, try. Yeah, I'll usually make one lineup a night where I pair uh, Lamb and Goldschmidt together, and obviously against the Padres at home, I uh, couldn't, couldn't go against you there. Um, Machado, uh, his price is back up from from the thirty four hundred. It had dipped to uh, last week. I don't, I, I'm a little bit of a head scratcher on Nunez being being up in this sort of echelon of players. You know when you have. Machado, Lamb, Brian, and Sanoa ahead of him. Um, So, probably not using Nunez. I don't think a lot of people are going to be using Nunez. So, maybe there's some GPP appeal there. But um, yeah, Sanoa or Lamb, I'd say, would would be my two picks out of this grouping.
1: Uh, You know what? I'm going to put three names in a hat here Lamb, Machado, and Sanoa. They all profile the same way for me. All guys with good power, good numbers hot streaks and they're all facing pitchers that are eminently hittable and uh, so very favorable situations for all three and i'll take my uh, my chances with whatever card comes out of that hat so uh, i like it that's the way i feel about that group and uh, adrian beltray i'm still waiting for this guy to, to get back into regular duties day-to-day with an ankle injury so we'll pass on he was him. in a
2: walking boot last night so i don't I don't like his chances for for wednesday not
1: anytime soon for sure nope. so uh, let's skip him then and we go, go down from 3400 on down to 3100 dollars. there's some names in here including mike Mustakas, who hit a walk-off last night
2: that's true yeah he did do that um and then we we've got you know a guy like jed jerko uh he's back in action he's gonna be going in cincinnati i think you know, like we've been saying throughout the show, there should be a good bit of runs in this game. There should be a good of good bit of runs in those Cardinals bats and then thirty three hundred, uh, you're really not paying a whole lot for a guy that, that could potentially be hitting uh in as good of a spot as, as a cleanup guy against Bronson Arroyo. You gotta like your chances there a little bit. Uh Moose, like you said, uh he's been doing well, but he does draw the matchup against Keichel, so off of him. But I do like Eugenio Suarez. His, he hasn't gotten the price bump after last night's game. Uh, he, you know, Obviously, Scooter Jeanette took, took home all the headlines, but he's gone uh, for double digits in four of his last five games. He's been really, really remarkably consistent uh, throughout the season. So not like a ton of huge game upside generally you're getting from Suarez, but you feel like uh, the floor he gives you uh, is one that you're comfortable with, especially uh, in that home ballpark. Moving down, you know, you got you guys like Michael Franco, uh, you know, a guy that almost got sent down. The the club had discussed it, you know, pretty intensely. Seems like they, they trust that he's going to be able to kind of break through, uh, the, the sort of season long slump that, that he's been mired in. But, um, I don't know. Maybe he'll be uh, part of that uh, Phillies ability to to score some runs against the Braves tonight, but I'm probably not uh, targeting him specifically. So I think Suarez at, at 3,100 is probably my favorite uh, combo here of, of this tier.
1: For I'll give you three names to think about, including Jerko. Uh, that's a name that I had circled before you started talking, and I really like him tonight. Uh, in that matchup but I've got to do the obligatory Evan Longoria uh, spiel Uh, he's had some several multi-hit games recently hot stick going against uh, uh, Chicago tonight I, I like the matchup against Uh, Very hittable pitcher in Mike Pelfrey. So uh, I'll say that uh, Longo has a shot at a a big night this evening. And then also in that Baltimore Pittsburgh game, I'm going to go to the Pittsburgh side and say Josh Harrison, who's had some big games recently too, might be a a good value play against Wade Malley. Gets the benefit of uh, that righty versus lefty thing for $3,400. I'll take a piece of that in that very hitter friendly park. So. Below this group, then, John, are there any names in the less than 3,000 range that might be worth an absolute flyer for you?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, There's a guy that you'll have to make sure that he's in the lineups so make sure you go to rotawire.com, check our lineup page uh, before you finalize your lineups here. But uh, Paul DeYoung uh, also on the Cardinals. I'm just leaning on the Cardinals in the race today. Those are sort of my strongest, strongest inclinations, uh, right now. So he's a 2300 saves you a ton of money, you know, a thousand dollars less than Jerko. Uh, and he, you know, even though he's listed as a third baseman, there is a chance that Jerko plays third base and Diong slides over to second or something like that. Uh, he's relatively versatile around the infield. So he might still be starting. He'll probably be hitting in the bottom third of the lineup. So you kind of have to deal with that, but, um, he's a guy that, that does have a good bit of pop, uh, for, you know, for what, for what you're paying at 2,300. And obviously, uh, I, I love that game right now. So I, I think that, that that game is one that I'm targeting. Uh, not going to keep repeating myself too many more times about that game so i'm just saying deong 2300 value uh lock it
1: up and uh, i'll add the day i'll gang up on your orioles again with Possibly a bit of a stack situation. For if you're going for Pittsburgh, David Fries is a guy that that might be worth a look. He mashes lefties, gets Miley on the mound tonight too. So I really like this possibility. He was an over over 40 percent on base percentage last year against lefties, so I I look for that trend to continue tonight against a tough one uh, in your your favorite team's home park. Good. Let's take a look then at the next position on the board. We're going to look at the shortstops, and uh, again, there's a guy in the class of the field, Carlos Correa, forty-two hundred dollars. John, is this an opportunity where you uh, might pass on him, or or can you make a case for him tonight?
2: um it, because i'm going with the, the expensive pitcher route i, I probably can't uh, afford a guy like correa but i definitely think that you know if you're using more of a gpp uh type of pitcher then i think that correa uh should certainly be one of your guys he's he you know he won i believe al player of the month right. and for a very good reason hitting like well over 400 over in the, over the course of an entire month i mean he's he is the guy that we all thought he would be, uh, and then some, probably. And you know that Houston lineup is what we thought it could be, and then some. It's it's really been remarkable to watch that that team is just crushing every everything in its path. It's unbelievable. So, Correa is a guy, forty two hundred. If you can afford it, uh, go for it. Um, Cozart, thirty seven hundred. So I f- feel like FanDuel finally. Given Cozart the respect he deserves for the for the production that he's putting out there. Um, so if you can afford him as well, uh, certainly like that play a fair bit. But how do you see the rest of the shor- uh, shortstop board? Because I've kind of had some trouble with with uh, how I really want to attack it.
1: Well, I'm looking at this and looking at the next guy on the list is intriguing to me. Xander Bogart seems to show up on all the highlights when Boston, Boston plays the Yankees. I love the matchup against Sabathia. So uh, I think of the top guys on the board, you, I mean, you made a great case for Correa. The guy's got nine, R- nine RBIs, three homers, and nine runs in his last six games. If you can afford to put him in there, great. But if you need uh, to save a few bucks, Xander Bogarts is the guy that, that screams out to, to me tonight in this next range. Uh, certainly, uh, the power stroke is there. The potent lineup is there. The favorable matchup. Because if you go down the board, you're sacrificing uh, power with the likes of the next guy on the list, Elvis Andrus he's got seven home runs this year but he's not noted as a home run hitter in the class of Bogarts I don't think sure and and Brandon Crawford kind of uh, he has a tough matchup tonight against the guy that I really like. He's
2: just not bounce. a ceiling guy. Yeah, like he, so, he's fine, but you don't really feel great about him in a, in a tournament when you need, you know, him to hit like six foot times yeah, value or so, something.
1: So, to me, John, uh, this is a situation. If you want to pay up, go right to the top of the board because you really sacrifice uh, picking any of these other guys in the next range until you go down to like three thousand dollars. Well, you know, uh, do you take a flyer on anybody in that three three to four thousand dollar range, or do you just jump down below it?
2: Uh, Let's see. I mean, this, like I said, this was sort of a a tough uh, board to parse out. So you know, if I if I can't afford, you know, anyone anyone in that Anderson above tier. Um, sort of like Tim Beckham, like I said, get get a bit of that Rays exposure. Uh, on the other side of that, you could go Tim Anderson against the guy that's making his, his pro debut. I think that that uh, makes some sense. I think Sogard generally would make some sense to me as well, but um, he's going lefty on lefty. So I'm probably going to try to avoid that. Sogard's been, you know, a really... Uh, one of the several pleasant surprises for the Brewers this year. And then, um, surprise, surprise, I think Alednus Diaz would also be a fine play Exactly, <laughs> at
1: 2800. You know what? I'll also ha- highlight two other names in terms of another guy who's a platoon specialist, Jordy, Jordy Mercer. Uh, he does very well against lefties, too. And, and so at $3,000, you might plug him in. I'm, seems like I'm ganging up on the Orioles. They didn't, didn't intend to it do this. But uh, you know what? You can take it. You've got broad shoulders. <laughs> and then uh, a guy who must be uh, benefiting from all the angel dust around Yankee Stadium's shortstop position, Didi Gregorius, has completely reinvented himself since coming to the Yankees. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's uh, really full value for the stats that he's put up year to date. He's done it before, and right now he's batting 313. If I had to ask you to guess what his batting average is without knowing... I bet you wouldn't even come within 20 points of this guy's numbers and yet he's only priced at $2,900. So that to me is another value given the matchup that he has today against a very hittable Rick Porcello. So uh, it's not the first time we've seen this in the position board on FanDuel tonight where there seems to be a gap before there's other value players that really attract my attention. So I found some good value on the low end of the board at this position as well.
2: Yeah, I, re- I really like that Gregorius call. I think that that he's certainly a standout guy in terms of you know his combination of upside and value there.
1: John, let's wind it up with a look at the outfield. We got Aaron Judge, uh, $4,500. Nelson Cruz, $4,400. And a couple other guys in that top tier. I want to say something about Aaron Judge. I wonder if the Jays, in fact, exposed him a little bit with the high heat that he faced. He had a lot of trouble with that. And I wonder if now uh, teams are going to get a bit of a book on him to try and quiet the crazy power that he's displayed so far this year. Your comment on that and uh, the other guys in this top tier of 4,000 plus.
2: Well, did you see the clip last night? Joe Kelly threw one that registered on the, on the broadcast at 104 and it was high cheese. Just like yeah. you said, you know, that I think you probably right in the sense that teams are going to try to get him to extend, to go up high and chase those high fastballs. But judge, you know, I haven't seen a pitch that fast all year, but judge got a piece of it. So I, I you know, the, the question is like, what's more impressive, Joe Kelly throwing one Oh four judge being able to catch up to it a little <laughs> bit. So, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I think you bring up a good point that you know judge there there will be a hole that's exposed in his game at some point or another but um i'm just having a hard time betting against a guy like that right now i mean he's just an absolute juggernaut and uh, the exit velocity is is almost terrifying that's you like you, you, you feel uncomfortable even being in the same state as him because he might get <laughs> smashed by one or something yeah. uh, so so uh, you know 4500 obviously you're paying a ton for him but against Porcello a guy that's uh, you know the posh sort of worn off a little bit uh, I certainly could could see uh, you going after that and then you know moving down the board a little bit um, I think that you like this guy I like this guy as well George Springer yeah uh, he's been you know, scorching hot of late, and then Corey Diggerson kind of recapturing his 2014, 20, early 2015 pre-foot injury form, uh, now is a member of the, of the Tampa Bay Rays, and like I said, you know, going against Pelfrey, I like that a lot at 4,100.
1: Yeah, and a name that you didn't mention is Gio Stanton. Boy, he gets a good matchup tonight. Not only is he in Wrigley Field, but he's against John Lackey, who has really looked very hittable over his last six starts, so the ball could fly, in Chi-Town and Stanton, we know he he's hit tape measure shots everywhere, but this, this sure. is, screams like a really big opportunity for him against a uh, less than stellar John Lackey tonight in Chicago. Uh, what about below the 4,000 range? Let's go 4,000 to 3,500, John, and there's a whole mitt full of guys here to pad your outfield.
2: Well, you you know, you have Conforto leading off that Mets lineup in Texas, but he does draw the matchup against Darvish, so it's a little bit tougher than usual. Uh, Mookie, uh, he draws... Sabathia in New York. You got to like that a fair bit. Uh, I love Steven Souza tonight. I love where he hits in the lineup, but I'm going to try to make a pairing of Souza and Morrison um, because they hit very close to each other in the lineup. I think they usually tend to be 4 or 5 in there. Uh, Domingo Santana has been ridiculously consistent uh, to this point in the season, and he faces a kind of a soft tossing guy Uh, in Ty Block, who is a left-hander when uh, Santana happens to be a righty. Uh, Santana hasn't had any goose eggs in in forever, it seems like. So uh, you know you're going to at least get some point production out of him. And then you 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 move down the board a little bit. Ozuna's been having a great season in his own right, but I, I have a hard time trusting guys like like Chew at thirty-seven hundred, Upton yeah. at thirty-six hundred, McCutcheon at thirty-six hundred. When it, you sort of worry about their ability to sort of give you a zero on a given night,
1: that's the scary. Proposition, But Upton, for his part, is the guy that I'm looking at tonight as a possibility okay. just because of what he's done recently. I like the matchup that he gets. And Anderson inciarty another guy who fits the bill I in like that game, game that you targeted uh, earlier. I think this is a guy who, whose name you might see in the summary a little bit later on for the same reason. They've been consistently productive all year long in the FanDuel game, in double digits in scoring as well. But I like what they've done lately, and that's why they're gaining consideration for me in this range to plug into my lineup. If we go a little cheaper, John, uh, John where are the values? Value plays in in the outfield position for you uh,
2: let's see I think you know and I'll let you get into this a little bit more but it seems like U- o- Odubel Herrera has sort of gotten himself turned around uh at the plate a fair bit uh, I think Tommy Pham's a guy if he's starting uh he makes some sense David Peralta down at just 3200 uh going against Perdomo you know that's pretty cheap exposure to getting uh uh, that Diamondbacks lineup. So always, always certainly in favor of that. Aaron Al- Altair, similar deal where, you know, you're getting exposure against Atlanta in Atlanta. Uh, the way that that park has been playing to this point, uh, there's always, uh, some good bats to get, uh, down there. Uh, Benintendi, if he wasn't a going against a lefty, I would, I would like him a lot more at 2,800 than I do, but I'm probably going to have, even though he has been heating up, uh, you know, seemingly coming out of his slump a little bit, I'm going to leave him alone just because that lefty-lefty matchup's a little bit tough for me.
1: John, I like a couple of guys in this range. Brett Gardner's is a guy who leaps, out, leaps to mind just because of the favorable nature of his matchup. If I had uh, to uh, get you to guess how many home runs this guy's got, you'd be surprised. And more often than not, uh, other people will yeah, be surprised it, too. Twelve.
2: Yeah, he's going to smash his, he's gonna smash his uh, previous career season high. It's
1: crazy. And and tonight's a good matchup against a very hittable Porcello. We've talked about that a lot. And, but you asked me to spend a little bit of time talking about Odubel Herrera. I will. Part of that matchup that you were talking about uh, in Philadelphia and Atlanta's game, this guy is not hitting the lights out in terms of batting average on the season. But look at what he's done in his last five games, John. He's got a total of... 10 hits, two homers, and he's in nine RBIs. That's good numbers across the board there. So I'll take a guy who's at the hot stick right now. He's topped 40 points in FanDuel, played two of the last three nights. So why wouldn't you at least see if he can extend that streak one more evening with the favorable nature of his matchup tonight as well? And all of this brings us, John, to the point now where we share our, our thoughts and kind of coalesce everything. What is your lineup going to look like tonight?
2: All right. So starting us off here, I, I'm going to have Zach Granke. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, I think 50 points minimum out of him against the Padres. I know he's going to be high owned in, in both four types of uh, games here, but I think he's completely worth it. Uh, and moving on down, uh, I'm going to have Yadi Molina at catcher. I love his price at 2,900. Uh, Logan Morrison, uh, you know, mid-tier guy uh, with a lot of pop-up side at first base, 3,500 going against Pelfrey. I love it. Uh, same with Brad Miller at second base. Um, I'm going to go with DeJong to to save some save some coinage here at, at third base. Um, so he's just 2,300. Uh, and a, a pair him with Oledmus Diaz as well. So, you know, sort of getting that middle to back end of that Cardinals lineup uh, in Great American Ballpark against the Reds. And then as far as my outfield is concerned, I'm still feeling a little bit uh, fluid as far as this is concerned. But I do like David Peralta. I do like Steven Souza there as well. I initially had Herrera in, but I I know that uh, uh, a certain other co-host also likes him a fair bit. So uh, I'll move down the board a little bit. Uh, Yeah, below that, below that, it's uh, a little bit tough sledding. I mean, I suppose maybe Delino de Shields, if you want to jump down to like the twenty seven hundred range, or or Gregor Blanco, uh, you know, get another. get another uh arizona outfielder in your lineup i think both of those would make some sense as well
1: you know what i'm more excited about my lineup because you're endorsing a lot of the guys that i like so that that makes me feel about tonight's chances i'm I'm, I'm all happening i'm gonna lead it off with jimmy nelson i seem to lean on these games where it's a coin flip and pitching situation but i love the strikeouts that this guy's piling up Uh, relative to innings pitched and uh, his ability to go deep is well documented i think he has a chance to do that tonight again eighty nine hundred dollars is what it's going to cost me and i'll uh, fill in the rest of my lineup as follows i spoke uh, highly of rail muto i like the matchup that he gets in chicago tonight twenty nine hundred dollars all i'm spending for one of the better hitting options in the catcher's position danny valencia as i mentioned a lefty mash lefty pitcher masher uh thirty two hundred dollars i'm saving a little bit from the heavyweights in the first base position but valencia could be among the top point producers if he uh, continues to hit the way he does against lefties and then you've made helped me make the case for starling castro one of john's endorsements for tonight paul bruno lineup uh twenty nine hundred dollars all castro is costing me i like you i'm surprised by that so i gotta jump all over it you liked my jed jerko pick for for the game between the Cards and the and the Reds, another pick at thirty three hundred dollars. Jordy Mercer, I made the case that this guy's another pl- platoon masher, and he gets Wade Miley tonight at three thousand dollars. I like that. Made the case for the suddenly Homer, Homer hungry Brett Gardner in that Yankees matchup with the Red Sox, thirty four hundred dollars. George Springer, of course, hitting the lights out right now for. For Houston against Kansas City very favorable matchup and I made the case most recently of Bell Herrera another guy that you like so out of my guys I think there was four of them that you really like John uh, yeah no that's
2: I'm a good that's a good looking lineup I if, might have to copy you
1: if I'm not in the winner's circle tonight I'm going to blame you though because you, you're, you're, making, you're pumping me up here too deserved. much deserved <laughs> <laughs> I'm due though so I'm, I'm liking the endorsement from Johnny Mac John let's take it take it to the Rotowire lineup optimizer what's in store for tonight from that point of view
2: optimizer has given us a darvish centric lineup here so you've got U darvish at pitcher going against the mets 9800 uh then moving down a little bit of a riskier play but certainly one that, that could be a big payoff with the low ownership percentage austin hedges at catcher 2500 against zach granke Um, Then moving to first base, Hanley Ramirez at 3,300. I really like his value as far as first basemen are concerned tonight. So I like that play. Uh, Jonathan Villar, you got to make sure he's in the lineup. But if he is, he's a switch hitting guy, uh, you know, with some stolen base potential. Going against Ty block, 2,800. It's got Machado and Bogarts on the left side of your infield there. And then we got McCutcheon, uh, going going to Baltimore to face Wade Miley facing a lefty, uh, Lorenzo Cain also facing a lefty, a markedly tougher lefty in Dallas Keuchel. And then Curtis Granderson, uh, definitely a boomer bust type option. You might want to consider moving off of, off of Granderson if he's, if you're using you Darvish in your lineup, but you know, crazier things have happened so uh, I do like the Granderson uh, play in a vacuum I just probably wouldn't use him myself in the same lineup as a, as you Darvish
1: I think that's a great call John you're you're continuing to show show your goods uh. I agree with a lot of stuff that you said today right on the right on the money on the tip of my tongue the most often more often than any other show this year and that makes me feel really good about things tonight for my Appreciate own it. purposes John yeah. uh, you spoke about you Darvish I want to finish off a little bit here on Texas Rangers in general and what do you think of of them and Darvish so far this season this is a team that was thought I thought would be among the league leaders in the American League but they're not they're not there
2: no they you know they're they're primed to to sort of uh run through the west a little bit and it it took like a you know a 10 game winning streak to get them to where they are now and they are still a a crisp 14 and a half (laughs) games back from first place (laughs) they are four four games under 500 with an expensive payroll uh things have just really not gone their way this year um you know guys like luke roy uh Really underperforming. Yeah. We've had we've had or uh, Adrian Beltre be out for most of the year. It looks like he's hurt again. So that that's definitely a tough uh pillow swallow and then you got a guy like um i wonder if the like second they, door uh, too
1: yeah did he hurt his hand on on both uh, his <laughs> head maybe there's a lingering injury <laughs> issue there. yeah
2: it, it, i mean it seems like it at this point because uh, it's hard to explain uh his poor start to the season as for darvish um you know the strikeouts have been there but uh his command hasn't as much you know he's he's walking guys Uh, you know, almost a four walks per nine, three, seven, four walks per nine. That's really, uh, tough. And then his his FIP suggests some regression here. Um, he's got a really, really high strand rate, which, you know, probably will will normalize as the season wears on a little bit. So he needs to cut down on the home runs and the walks. And, you know, that's something that's a lot easier said than done, especially in that ballpark. So I uh, think things are things are not looking so great for those Rangers, even though they did have that, uh, you know, kind of put their put their skills on display with that long winning streak. I still think that they're not out of the woods just yet.
1: My heart bleeds for them like a potato. <laughs> John, there you have it for you and me. You're, John McKechnie's a great follow, folks. At Johnny McKeck. No, and Paul Bruno
2: is a great follow,
1: and I'm a great follow too at StatsMan22. And we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. We have a lot of fun doing this show, as you can t- probably tell. Come back and listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.